I am Doug Friedman. And I am Meredith Levy. And this is your mental breakdown. The podcast. The podcast. What is a podcast? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes. That was one of our first episodes. Yep. You were like, what is a podcast? Yeah. What should we say? And by the way, uh, I don't remember yeah. what it was, how the name they came up with the name, but I think it was something that was on your iPod that it was cast on your iPod or something. Oh shit. I don't know. Fact checker. Right? Anyway. How have you been? <laughs> Moving right along to the present day. I haven't seen you in a well, that's true. Yeah, I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. I was gonna say I did just see you, but that was uh, like a month ago now. No. Right. Have we talked about that? Yeah. Did we talk about it on here? Yeah, we talked okay. about it. We talked about it on here. <laughs> it's weird. I, I'm I'm out of like sync. Like we're out of sync because we're on a break from the from the main yeah. podcast. We're still doing this thing, but we were like pretty steadily talking to each other on here and zooming every week. Yeah. And now we're like, it's been like sporadic two weeks. Yeah, it's it's yeah. definitely. I feel lost without you, Dougie. Oh, that's codependent. I mean, that that's very <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's funny. It is weird. It's weird also being out in the world and seeing people very much return to things as though they're normal, which, you know, maybe that's what we need to do. But sure, then, but everyone has COVID. You just told Everybody. me. Right. And then you just got COVID exposed. You might not have yes. COVID. Hopefully you don't. Yes, knock on wood. That, I think that's becoming more common where people are around people that had or that turned out to have COVID and you kind of go, oh yeah, I was exposed to yeah. somebody. It doesn't necessarily mean you got it. But this is my first like very, very close family member, friend, like. And you drank from the same coffee. I know we did. We did. Yeah. Well, you know, my that's niece, wild. she went to prom, like proms and graduations Aww. and all the shit going on. Everyone, it's just like super spreader events, I think. So. Yeah. It is what it is. True. Yeah. And you don't think about it, I guess, with family. Like, yeah, you're just drinking from the same coffee, like no big yeah. deal. But then have you ever, I'm sorry, this is incredibly on topic. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Have you ever been at a restaurant or let's say, I don't know, ice cream parlor where you had two straws in the same milkshake and shared it with somebody? For sure. At some point in my life. Really? Yeah, I can't think of specifically, but I want to say in my mind, the first thing that flashes is Jerry's Deli. I don't know if that's... Oh, yeah, There's. I have a picture of my sister and I with cut off red vines in a glass of wine sharing it. <laughs> in a glass of wine? Yeah. <laughs> that's not quite a milkshake, but sure. Yeah, yeah okay. That have counts. you? I have no idea. I'm probably not because I wanted the milkshake all to myself. Fair enough. I would guess on the drive to Vegas, if you've ever done that drive, there's a place that you can stop. We'd always get milkshakes there. I'm sure I split a milkshake with somebody and we we had two straws in it. That makes sense. I don't know. Other than like, <laughs> there's a restaurant here. If it's still here, I assume it is called Trader Vic's where they have these giant No, it's not. And Scorpion it Bowl. Gone? Yeah. The Scorpion Bowl. The Scorpion Bowl. Right. Yeah. They had this giant drink, like a big bowl that they bring out and set on the table with ridiculously straws. long straws. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody at the table would just be like sipping on the same giant drink. Yep. I mean, there's still, there are still ones, but they're not, there used to be the one in Beverly Hills on the corner. 
Yeah, that big. Yeah, that was the main one. Yeah, that's the one that I know of. I yeah, know there's another one, which is different than Trader Joe's. It sure is. I don't know if Vic and Joe were in competition or not, but <laughs> two very different experiences: <laughs> Trader Vic's and Trader okay. Joe's. Oh my god! Speaking of different experiences, yes. Our pal Drew is having a different experience and we cut a lot out of this coming one. And I just want you to know, so two things that you, Mary, should know and all of you guys listening should know. Yeah. One is he very seemingly quickly gets a job. And it was the one where the last session that we had, he talked about kind of that, like going into the mall and like seeing the store that he right. had worked at before as like a purchaser, a designer, I wasn't yeah, sure yeah. exactly what it was. And he he talks about that. You'll hear us talking a bit about that. But then <laughs> I pull a baseball reference in here. And do you? I don't know if you'll know this, Mary, but do you know what AAA or the minor leagues? Do you know about that? Minor leagues. Okay. I mean, it's the, it's not the major leagues, I assume. That's very astute. Yes. But I wrote down, you said IRL. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> injured uh, close, something yeah. list it was I, injured injured reserve list yeah yeah it used to be called the dl the disabled list and then it became the il oh. uh, injured list because they didn't want to say disabled anymore when a major leaguer got hurt or gets hurt they you know he i guess rehabs himself and then they send him to the minor league club to play minor league games before coming back up to the major league club Right. So you get sent, it's called being sent down. You get sent down to a lower level to like get your timing back, you know, feel sharp. And then you come back up to the majors. So we were referencing that. So you'll, you'll hear us talk about that a little bit. You heard it and I could see you wanting to like, <laughs> wanting to ask and wanting to dive in. Let's let these guys listen. Okay. Um, so if you don't know baseball, that's what I'm talking about. Drew does know baseball, so he got it when I said that, but I'm cluing you in and we'll come back and clue you in even more. A little bit more about, about what you hear, what, what we're talking about. Don't know sure. baseball, but hey. <laughs> I don't know karate, but I know crazy. Oh my God. What's that actually oh, from? That's James Brown. A song? James oh, Brown. James okay. Brown, the payback. Yep. Right. There you go. Okay. On that note, we'll good guy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Yeah, I'm trying to keep the outdoors as pretty as I can while moving on the inner, you know? Yeah. Well, it's been a rough stretch for your inner. So I got the job. Uh, oh, nice. So we had that conversation. He's like, you want to do that? I was like, yeah. He's like, all right, cool. When you want to start? And I was like, as soon as possible. Seemingly, I mean, the way you're smiling and talking about it, it sounds like he was excited. For sure. Like, uh, I think, honestly, I was a little overqualified for what that is, which was actually a worry. I think my pride kind of came into play in all of this, too, which is really exciting for me. Like, I love when that happens because uh, I think a lot of pressure got taken off. And so, yeah, I mean, like, the another thing we talked about was kind of, like, the oversight, the micromanaging. I was like, dude, I'm kind of, like, a self-independent. Like, you let me go and I'll go. If you watch me, like, we're just going to sit here and talk. So, like, how are you? You know, like, what are you doing? How do you Good for you. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that I really felt um, I was asking those kind of questions, not... 
people pleasing to try and get the job. So like that, that switch for you? Yeah. Oh, for sure. There's, yeah. there's something about how you described going through that that process. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing that going, damn, he's got his shit together. He knows who he is. He presented well. He talked about what he wanted to hear about. Yeah. Awesome. He's been working on himself for a while. <laughs> like that, That's right. You seem confident in yourself. Yeah, it presented me. I felt mad, anxious, and nervous, and I felt like I had a lot riding on what that was because I haven't had a job in a while, and I need money, and I need to get back into it. And this is like what we've been talking about of seeing people and talking to people and kind of get back into the world in my way, which is why I'm super excited for this job specifically because it's not the stressful bullshit I've been doing and I'm getting back into what I actually really like doing. I mean, you said the key, like, doing it, like, my way. It really is, like, you. Right. And that's what's so, to me, impressive. Like, I, I hear this, and it's, I mean, impressive is a weird word, because, like, impressive? Like, which of <laughs> just being myself? Yeah. yeah. I think I'm doing it for myself now and right. trying to figure it out and, and not really relying too much on external, you know, and parents and friends and what that is, but still relying where I need them. I'm getting a lot stronger in figuring out where and when I need people instead of being able to stop, kind of take a step back and be like, okay, I got this. What you're describing is not being that binary all or nothing kind of thing. Right. But I don't know if you feel like you're in that realm of like, yeah, I'm, I'm in that, that center area somewhere where I will need a little sometimes, sometimes I won't. I can do mm-hmm. some stuff myself, not all of it. I think you're still figuring that area out. For sure, yeah. But it sounds like you're no longer in the I'm going to do everything all myself or i got to rely on you completely. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm kind of swinging in like the 60-40s. Kind of like, uh, which way right. or the that, other? You know, like constant that, circle. That's it. You know, like the yin-yang. Totally, but that that's it. That's the key. I mean, that's what balance is. When you see the yin-yang, it's like, right, it's not a 50-50, black here, white here, there's the blend. Right. And there's a, a little bit of white and the black, a little bit of black and the white. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's the yin-yang. That, exactly. That's the balance. That 60-40, that's it. Right. That's oscillating 20 either direction. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. It's cool. Even though you and I know what's going on internally for you. Right. That's a whole other thing. Because what what you're describing, what you're talking about, is about you. Mm -hmm. And it's still ongoing process and evolving and doing that. And when you're just being you, and dude, you're smiling like crazy right (laughs) now because we're talking about this. And it just seems so natural to you. Right. To now be you. And, and it feels more comfortable, too. You know, I think another big thing I wanted to say within all of this, too, is, like, I don't think I even told my mom. I, I never. I told her I was interviewing for a couple of jobs and stuff like that, but I wasn't like, I got this. This is what happened. Didn't walk her through any of it. I think I told my dad just financially, you know, like, I'm back in my game. Like, don't worry. Stop stressing about me type of thing. And this is the first time in my entire life, again, where I went through a whole process, and they had no idea I was even doing did that take anything away from your process? No, I think it actually added a lot. I think I showed up as myself and, and it worked out. That's all the really good. And now the weird feeling that I had going in there yeah. was the little true. For sure, I could inst- like instantly feel it. It was like stage fright. I'm a lot more aware of self and independence. And this is my job, not me coming in to go help the other four people I'm with. It's like, I gotta go help myself now. And kind of mediating the, the selfishness of what that is 
with the vulnerability of me wanting to go in there and, mm-hmm. and be myself and help people. Yeah. I mean, it goes to the people pleasing in a sense because you can't please all of the people everywhere. You might not know this about me, but I have a horrible talking problem. And like mm-hmm. when I work like in, in settings like that, especially when the whole point is to talk to people, instead of a 10-minute conversation, I have an hour conversation. So I really like to get to know people. You know, I, I think relationship mm-hmm. is everything. I'm curious to see how this all unfolds and, and I'm excited for it and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I feel really good. Yeah. You'll get the culture there and you'll kind of like look at what culture do I want to be a part of, which is different than what culture is going to accept me and welcome me in, right? Yeah. That'll unfold as you're there. Yeah. What's really cool is the confidence that I think you have in yourself, your authentic self, like mm-hmm. just being you and what you've done. Wasn't relying on parents, like you said. I didn't like hit up all my friends and, and run through with everybody. Like I had my experience of it. Right. Cool. Yeah. That is pretty cool. And you got the gig. Mm-hmm. That says something about your your actual work experience and how you present and how you are. Like that's that's awesome. Yeah. Flip it a little bit now. Mm-hmm. Not even flip, but just turn it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because inside, internally, mm-hmm. that's what we talk about. Right. Like all this stuff is great because it's kind of like external for what you've been working on internally in this regard. Right. But in terms of your emotional experience of what's been going on, mm-hmm. it's been a tough stretch. Yeah. Okay. And now we throw this. So hit me with where you're at emotion. As I hear you say that, I mean, in my head, I was like, damn, it's been all logistics. Like, it's been all logistics so far. I don't think I've had time to really emotionally break it down. And I think as I sit here kind of thinking about where I'm at with it, like I feel a lot of good emotions. I think I kind of feel like this is me coming out of COVID to a certain extent. I think comfortability is at an all-time high between self-confidence and looking forward to one knowing the job. I think for a while there, I was super disappointed about not being able to continue workplace the way it has been. And I learned a lot coming out of it that I did going through it. I think that's helping me now emotionally where I'm at. So I think the biggest thing weighing on me is the the time factor of being 26 and going back to where I was when I was 19. And it's a weird kind of thing to do when I've been doing what I've been doing for the last three years. You know, it's kind of, it's just a weird change for me. Mentally, I feel like I'm taking a couple steps back, but emotionally, I feel like I'm like 10 steps forward. Explain that a little bit. I think the mentality of going back to workplace again, to a degree, it's like I'm starting out again. I'm, now I'm kind of, I haven't been hesitant at all, actually, to say what I interviewed for, where I was going to do. But going into it, I kind of had that thought process of what I would tell people. Like, hey, I'm going back to workplace. Oh, why? What are you doing? Are you financially okay? You know, and having those conversations, I wasn't too thrilled about what the thought of it was. Not the actual having the conversation. Because once I had the conversation, everything was fine. Right. Like, it was just like, okay, like, I'm proud of you. Go do your thing. Yeah. It's funny. It makes me think of if you were in the majors and you're on the 10-day DL. Now they call it the IL, I think, or the IR. Uh, the IRL or something. Yeah. Engine reserve list. Yeah, exactly. You come back from that. You know where you go first? Uh, tri- uh, AAA. Yeah, exactly. go back down. Yep. Exactly. Doesn't mean you suck. Right. You just get your timing back. Yeah, and, and it's funny you bring that analogy up because exactly how I feel in the sense of I feel like by making these next couple of moves for the next couple of years, it's I feel it's really setting my foundation for what I really want to go do in a way more realistic way. 
now I'm understanding that now I can go fund my own life and, and kind of figure out that process and, and be able to save and then go put that back into a business. And it's just going to take time. And so I think that's what I'm really looking forward to is, is my, my plan of attack here. So I'm, I'm game planning, you know, and kind of putting all those pieces together very loosely because I know everything can change and stuff can happen. But I feel a lot more confident in having a plan. And I feel like I've been washing the dishes at the same time. And so like taking care of two birds with one stone in the same right has felt really, really good. Digging into that, I got a job that is a job. It's also a job I used to have before. Okay. It's hard to fucking describe because it's, it's new for me. I, mm-hmm. I think this is super new mm-hmm. in the sense of I hate taking steps back. And I think this is the first time it's felt right. Like, I, I feel very in the right spot. I feel very, this is what I should be doing type of mentality. I think the feel good comes from just doing it for myself, by myself, not relying on somebody else to tell me what to go do and holding weight in what that is. I think it's powerful for me it was for me to take a step back and i think that gave myself a lot of power it's like i feel covered in my day-to-day now i feel like i'm still able to be creative even more so because there's not that added pressure of having to design or having to do a production um, cycle or being on timelines or somebody else's schedule or any of this other stuff and i don't have any money that i'm going to be spending that's my biggest thing is like i don't have to spend all of my money anymore and, and now I can save and uh, I feel like I'm getting my life started. You know, I, I really do. Yeah. I think of a couple of things that the emotional first, cause we'll get back to it. I'm sure. And that's, you know, sometimes I've seen clients for a few years, then they'll go and they'll go do their own thing. Mm-hmm. And they'll always go, is, is it cool to stop? You know, I still remember like after however long it was, <laughs> yeah. so how does this work? Are we done? Yeah, what do we do? Dude, really? <laughs> like, you know, when they talk about wanting to be done, you know, okay, absolutely. I'm a huge fan of that. As long as you know, I'm saying this to them, but you can log it in there right. too, that at any time you can call me again and it's not defeat. Right. You know this works. Great. Use it. Use it when you need to use it. Yeah. Right? And it's something that, that can be a great strength. Being in, in AAA for a minute, mm-hmm. get your timing, get your swing. You're going to be back up in the majors. Yeah. It's not just a September call-up. Like, you're going to be back. It's something where it might feel like a step back, but sometimes you do what's, what's comfortable so you can build that confidence and know, okay, I got this. Yeah. And look, you might, you might take the job, start doing it, but there could be something that starts to take off, and then here's the thing. Oh, well, now I need to leave the workplace. Mm-hmm. Are you going to feel like, no, we're in the middle of the season. We got playoffs coming up. I can't let them down. Where's that one going to hit for you? I don't know. If the right thing comes along, I can't say no. But I think how I go about it is what's going to really matter in my integrity and my morals and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. You're supposed to be young and, and in, in your early 20s and having fun and trying this stuff out. Right. And maybe even being a dick and being a little self-involved yeah. to find yourself. Right, and I think that's what the last couple of years have been. My whole LA experience has been really finding myself and where I fit in. Again, not where I'm accepted, but where I want to be. And I think that's huge for my transition of of where even the last couple of years have really been. And I think I think it's cool that I, I was able to kind of take 18 months off of 
of a normal work schedule, you know, to kind of really evaluate where I'm at and what I want to do and experience what yeah. that is. And I think shout out to parents for allowing me to uh, experience that. I think that was a blessing that they uh, they really helped me with. I'm in an amazing spot and still feel like shit. And, and so it's cool. You know, I, I think this is a good opportunity for me and myself mm-hmm. to be like, okay, it's okay to feel like shit, but you got it. It'll be okay. Keep going. And there are going to be times when it doesn't feel all right, and that's all right, too. Yeah. And I think that's what you're getting at. Look, I love that you just gave shout-out to parents. Because yeah. finally, I think, you're 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 getting safety net. Right. Right? Yeah, you had their support, and that was okay. For sure. You know? Yeah, and more, more than I thought, more than I recognized. I had a lot more support from them than I recognized. That safety net. I knew I could go do these things on the tightrope over here because I knew they had me down here. That's what it is. It's not like... They're holding your hand across the road. Right. And that's, yeah. And, and thank you, parents, for doing that. And I'll give a shout out the other way. And fuck you for not being there when I needed you there. Yeah. That sure. sucked too. We still need to hit that at some point too. Because like, yeah, heart issues. Mm-hmm. And I'm worried about how to pay for seeing a cardiologist and getting checked out. Like, I had a heart attack. Hello? Yeah. And and I've been processing what all that was a lot these last couple of weeks too, obviously. I think 60% of me is still in the fucking wearing air type of phase, but it's hard to be mad at somebody when they don't know you're mad at them. Going through all of this, I don't know if I ever was like, yo, I really need you here for these weeks. And I don't know if I have to. That's why I was saying I need to backtrack a little bit on this thought process. I think my, my thought is, is, I don't know if I really had that conversation as an adult on my end of saying, hey, this is really where I'm at. They know I had heart issues and this event happened and this and that. And, and I, you know, I, I don't know. It's hard to fault them if they don't know what I asked for or what I needed. Right. It's being able to recognize, or, hey, I, I do need a little support. Hey, here's what I need. And then seeing how they respond. Mm-hmm. Then you can be mad at them or disappointed. Them. Like, all you want. Right. It's like me calling a client I haven't talked to in, in two and a half years and go, hey, I just wanted to check in. Um, do you feel like you need a tune? I just want to, you know, see I have a sense. My spidey sense is taking yeah. like, What the hell is that? Yeah. No. Yeah. That's ridiculous, right? Right. Yeah. Believe it or not, just as ridiculous to think that anybody else in their movie right. is going to know what's going on in yours. And, and I think that's becoming a lot more, I think it's been a thought, but I think it's a lot more practice now i I think it's it's a lot more reality in my life of being my own movie star and letting other people play in their own movies and having them co-star in my movies and co-star in their movies and the the complications of the interactions of everything that's in that i think it's super fun yeah what's also super fun in that is like dude i just did this really cool scene check it out and that's where like sometimes they will sometimes they won't Mm -hmm. you're Dad, a little bit. Your mom did not. It doesn't take anything away from your movie, but we want to share that with people. We want to share the experience. There's a line that no one cares what you dream about unless you dreamt about them. Then they want to hear it. Yeah, well, and I think I think that plays into my social media mentality too. I don't really think people give a shit what I have to post. I really don't think they care. And so I and recently, I do a dummy account for my own shit. And that's my creative space to kind of allow my my stuff to be out there. It's not a private page. You know, it's open, but it's not my name. It's not anything like that. And it's just genuinely 
for me to push stuff out. And there's nobody that follows it and none of my friends know about, you know, and so it's one of those. But I love that page because I'm able to creatively express how I want to on that kind of social media without mom or dad hitting me up and being like, well, what's this all about? You what know? does this mean? Yeah. What did you mean by this? Yeah, what is this? Well, and, and I think it also is taking the pressure off. I think my scale of importance to my parents has become a lot more understanding in my life in mm-hmm. the sense of I don't need to run a company to be accepted by them. I don't need to be head honcho here, here, and here doing all this crazy shit just to feel like I'm fitting in in my own family. So I do, I do think that's been a mentality of mine too, is like my dad's super successful, my brother's super successful, and everybody's kind of doing their shit. And then I kind of feel like a black sheep. I am the creative artsy one in the family that's not military, that's not in a nine to five job, that's not at home cooking and cleaning. I don't have that like stereotypical, this is what you do. And I think because of that, it's been a lot harder to connect with my parents on that level. Mm-hmm. Because it's not normal. It is not what my friends are doing. It's not what we were raised to do. You know, I wasn't raised to not have a job and figure it out and have fun doing it. Yeah, and I, I love that you're seeing that and that it's okay. I don't hear any judgment about it. Like I hear acceptance about it and just recognizing it. I think I've accepted it for myself more than anything. Exactly. For sure. It's up to them whether they can accept it or not. When I'm anxious and worried and comparing myself, like it's hard because nobody knows what to say. But when I can be happy with me, yeah, that's what I hear from you. Yeah. And that's what I feel too. I do feel a lot more accepted as myself, especially going through the last probably three weeks. Yeah, I call it six weeks. Really going through that this time and going through it and not calling mom and and getting an extra hundred bucks to go do whatever with and really going through it. I'm coming out of it only I'm out of it yet, but I think I'm coming out of it a lot more. I want to use confident. I think, I think I know myself a lot better. I I feel like I just, I'm in tune with what that is and good, bad, and different. You know, I accept it and it's cool. And and we're going to have good days, bad days and everything in between. I have good hours and bad hours. You know, (laughs) it's almost to that level now where it's like, if I had a really bad hour earlier, then it's a bad day. Now I can kind of chalk it up and, oh, that was a bad hour. That's okay. Let's have a good one. Right. If you got to bat once and struck out, Mm -hmm. you have 450 at-bats a season. So? Yeah, right. right? So? Same thing. You, you get up to bat, you hit a home run. So yeah. if you walk around like you're going to strike out. <laughs> I'm batting a thousand, man. <laughs> right, right. And, yeah, and then you're going to strike out three more times today. You know, I'm like, okay. Right. And that's right. it. I used to ask somebody, I said, uh, would you rather like hit 350 for a season and not have any home runs than hit one home run every game and never get on base otherwise? Like, so wait, I have 162 home runs. Uh, <laughs> and batting average would be like 230. He goes, yeah, I do that. Right? Yeah. But like it's it's funny. You can have you can have a hit every game. You have a 162 game hitting streak. Yeah. And still bat 200 for the season. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Right? Mm-hmm. And you'd be you would be in a like crushed Dimaggios, right? Like, I mean, you are you are amazing. You're a Hall of Famer because of that. Right. And yet you hit 200. And we're back. Yes, we are. Here we are. 
I can't believe he got the job already. That was quick. Yeah. I love how he said he was overqualified for it, but totally cool doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he said he went back to what he was doing when he was 19, but then he was saying like, I'm stoked because I get to do what I love. So is it, am I confused or is he doing? Yes. Yes. We, we cut a lot out because he was okay. talking about the job and the company and doing that. So I'll, I'll let you guys know, like, it's like a department store that he used to work at before. Uh -huh. And he used to do stuff there, like as a designer, like I think buying the clothes from designers and doing their own version of it. So staying on top of like what's trendy, what's new. And he also does stuff on the retail floor. Uh -huh. He was like looking at, all right, I'm okay doing this. I'm overqualified to be on the floor helping people out. Like as a salesperson. Yeah, as a salesperson. Okay. And that's where he even says later in the episode, I'm sure you'll hit it, that he's, he's like, I don't know if you know this, but I have a talking problem. Yes, <laughs> right? I love that. So the job is, is I think, a little, a little bit of both, like doing some retail stuff on the floor and looking at what's out there and being like a purchaser of different designs and, and stuff like that. But it, right. it's something where he's recognizing it's to get money right now. And he needs to do it. It's just getting his his timing back, his swing back. That's what I was talking about in the beginning. Right. About going down to the miners, right? Got it. Okay. So that's why he was talking about the micromanaging type thing, because it's more of like a kind of clock in, clock out type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and something too, where he's not a 19 year old kid anymore. So something I thought was really great, and I highlighted it for him, is that he was saying he was asking questions of them not just answering their questions about him. Right. And it was him feeling, not feeling overqualified and like I'm above this, but him just feeling a sense of, of confidence and mastery over something and kind of going, well, here's how I like to work. Like right. you don't need to micromanage me. I'm not a kid. You know, I want to do right. this. I want to do that. I really liked that for him. I think that was a question of him, you know, before wanting to please people. And now it's more like, no, here's how I work best. So how does that fit with you guys? And I think that when he talked about not asking or talking to his parents about this whole process or his friends really, and just not relying on them or not telling them about it along the way to get their support or their approval was sort of the same thing right. and how he's also feeling. I think you said you seem more natural. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's something you know, he was saying that mentally he feels like he's taking a couple of steps back, but emotionally he feels like he's taking 10 steps forward. Uh -huh. And whether or not you remember the Paula Abdul song is irrelevant, but, um, sure do. <laughs> right? but it was for him telling people it's, it's not about, Oh, I'm going backwards. It's for him more like, this is my thing. I'm doing my thing. I'm cool with what I'm doing. And right. that's when I brought in the baseball analogy of like, yeah, it's just like you went to the minors, the AAA team to rehab from an injury and you're, you're just getting your timing back. It's cool. You're okay. And he's feeling more him about it. And I'm highlighting that, that it's so much so he doesn't even tell mom. It's like, no, this is all me. Normally right. I would tell her and I would get her opinion and, and make right. sure she's okay. Go with through it. all of it with her and totally. Right. Yeah. And then you did uh <laughs> okay, so when he first said I have a talking problem, what I thought he was going to say was more of like a public speaking type thing, but so what he said was it turned into be the same problem I have, which is like 
basically lack of <laughs> succinctness whatsoever. And it's so funny too, because a client of mine the other day, we were sort of talking about that. And he told me this Mark Twain quote, which I freaking love. It is now the like quote of my life, which is it's something to the effect of, I didn't have time to write you a short letter. So I wrote you a long one. And I was like, oh my God, I get it. That's it. That's my story of my life. Mark Twain. Thank you. Right. Yeah. I don't have time to write you a short letter because it would have involved editing, re-editing, coming up with exactly what I wanted to say in a short. So I just said everything. Here it is. It's actually 437 pages long. Yes. And that's why I overpack because it takes me so long to try and pack accordingly (laughs) and, you know, pare down my clothes that I'm like, fuck it. So same thing. Yeah. And a lot of that is similar to what you guys have heard with Drew wanting to tell his partner everything that he was experiencing. You know, if you remember back when he was with an old girlfriend and had night terrors and woke up in the middle of the night and wanted to tell her all about it so she would know everything. Right. Versus the person that he's been with on and off now he was like, oh, yeah, I don't need to do that. I don't need to tell them everything. He can, he can give her the short letter, so to speak. Right, right. But it's a more natural short letter. It doesn't involve having everything with you, like packing everything just in case and making sure every contingency is covered. It's, no, I'll be okay. It's cool. So he's, he's growing a lot in right. that aspect. Right. So I, he was, I think, saying like, I think it was in the interview, maybe. I think it was in the interview he was talking about no, that. No, it, no it was, at work? It was more It was more at work because okay. the part of his job where he's on the floor talking to people, he was saying, I have a talking problem. Oh, Jesus. It's not that he, that he doesn't know how to talk to them. It's that, yeah. you know, your thing. He will give them the long letter. And he said, I just want to relate to them. Like, right. I like people. I want to relate to them and find our, our commonalities and, and have a connection as opposed to just giving them the short letter and yeah. helping them out with what they need and bye-bye. Right. He wants to like almost get involved in his, in, in their lives and have an impact. Totally. Yeah. If they asked me for a pair of jeans, I would go into a whole diatribe about how like relate to them on how hard is it to find jeans and like blah, blah, blah. Like I could see, yeah. what is this yeah. for? What, what, what do you need? What were for? your favorite, what were your favorite jeans? Like yeah. what are the jeans totally. that you love? Like what are the ones where you put them on? It's just like butter, you know? Yeah. And, and like whatever 100%. it is, that yeah, and that's what he wants to do. And he's like, oh right, and and that's where he was saying like being micromanaged. Like, here's how I work. Here's how I want right. to do things. Right, and I'm going to be a good worker. This is how I do it. Yeah. So just, but it, the fact that he's aware of that is amazing. I mean, yeah. You guys talked about how he feels different internally or than ex- externally, and I one of the things he mentioned was like, what's he going to tell people about when they ask what they what he does like. Will he be embarrassed or to say right. what he's doing or that I'm working at the same place I did when I was 19? And I think it was the anticipation of saying it is was way worse than just saying it. Like once he talked about it and shared totally. about it, he felt better and that he didn't feel judged by anybody. Yeah. I remember shortly after, either after high school or after college, two of my buddies didn't work. They didn't need to work at the time. They were okay family was supporting them at that point. And the way they talked about it was so different. It was such a stark, stark contrast where one of them had such, you know, guilt, shame, and embarrassment about talking about 
not working and yeah, I don't really do anything. I don't really have to and making excuses for it and Mm -hmm. just feeling horrible about it. Like he was, you know, inferior or less than because of that. Right. And the other one would say, oh yeah, I don't have to work right now. I'm just kind of like trying to find the best cheeseburger in LA. It's pretty cool. Nice. And it it was, it was a bit of of that, that idea of confidence, that idea Mm -hmm. of, oh, I know who I am internally. I'm okay. Right. Well, and taking someone else's power away to judge you ahead of time or to say something, right? Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that that's what I call the, the Eminem eight mile, that movie where he, at the end, mm-hmm. you know, does the little, the whole little rap about him and puts himself down and just exposes everything. Right. So it's not like, all right, now we what do you got? Say. Yeah. Right. Totally. And it's, but saying it in a way where you don't have to do it at a rap battle, you can do it just in terms <laughs> of God. like- yeah, right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm playing baseball in the minor leagues right now because I'm I'm rehabbing an injury, you know. Right. Or yeah, I took this job over here. It, it might look like a step back. I'm really psyched about being there because I I get my timing back and I'm, I I can really like still stay in the world that I want to be in with fashion and it's it's cool. I'm good with where I am. Yeah, you've talked about how it was going to set the foundation for what he really wants to do and feels confident, like having a plan. So I figured it tied in somehow, but in either, either way, the fact that he can look at it that way is awesome. Yeah. And it's, I think for him, it's a question of being comfortable with himself internally and putting that out there. And he's, he's said this in different forms throughout our, our work. You know, he's talked about it way back at his brother's wedding when he was there with his dad and they were sitting at a table with like these oil tycoons and, or actually wasn't at the wedding. He was telling a story about uh, a long time ago when he and his dad were at an event. I think it was uh, his brother's graduation. And he just kind of said, yeah, I sell shoes. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. He he was like, no, I'm not hiding it. And his dad would say like, yeah, I'm in tech. Right. And they were fine with it. Like that's what they do. They're okay. And it, it's that that cliche that you see sometimes in movies or something where somebody goes, oh, yeah, th- th- their parents a janitor. Oh, my God, really? Right. But they go, yeah. So what? They do, they do honest work. They do hard work. And they take pride in what they do. Who cares what it is? If they're fine with it, great. My dad was a janitor. Now that you just said that, I just remembered that. My dad was a janitor in his high school when he went when, at his own high school when he was in high school. Right. Right. Just fucking ass off. Yeah. Total man props. I worked jobs in high school. I was like 14, 15 years old and working in a bagel shop, like mm-hmm. <laughs> baking bagels. Like that's okay. I'm no stranger to work. Like that, that's I think anybody that's ashamed of that, I mean, we could spin it this way, just has an issue internally. Well, yeah, totally. Right. Which is fine. I mean, that's okay to feel less than internally and maybe that will change hopefully for people and if not okay you know because yeah. they're doing something yeah. they feel is less th- but you know whatever takes some work but that's it. and that's something where you've heard me say I like guilt when clients bring that in because it's a roadmap to your integrity and you can mm-hmm. find out how you really want to be if you're feeling ashamed of something you're doing that's a roadmap to figure out what would have you feeling more confident with what you were doing right why are you feeling ashamed where is that coming from And that's kind of the therapeutic process, I think, is we dig at where that comes from so we understand it and sort of liberate ourselves from just that initial feeling. Yeah. And he was saying about his dad, like, I don't have to be 
to run a company to be important. And it was interesting. He said his dad and brother are really successful. And then, and I wrote down, isn't his brother in the military? And then I was like, right. oh, ding, ding, judgment, Meredith. And I was like, okay, then what is success to him, I guess, is the question, right? Because in my mind, I was like, oh, successful. Like he's talking about his dad owning a company. And yeah, but for, for his brother, how he saw it, it was in comparison to my brother. I'm the black sheep of the family. My brother is like successful in terms of he graduated school. He went to a military academy. He's now in the military. Whether he's moving up the ranks or not is irrelevant. It was you're seen as somebody responsible. You're seen as somebody right. who has a career or a trajectory. Whereas, you know, he was saying like, I'm the creative artsy one. I don't have a nine to five. Like, right. I, I'm not doing that thing. So they don't get it. Success for him was based on what his family saw as successful as being, you know, the, the nine to five job, the go to school, do this, do that. Right. But I'm wondering now what is success for him? That's what I, I was thinking, like, oh. Yeah, good point. I mean, I think you guys have talked about it some, but. Probably not in terms of success. Probably not in okay. terms of, I mean, that's, that's a good point, Mary. I, I think maybe kind of looking at, like, <laughs> I could randomly just ask him, like, hey, Drew, do you feel like you're successful? I, I can see you smiling, Mary, but yeah. I can hear what he would say. I don't want to presume or assume that I know yeah. it. But what do you think he would say if I asked him if he was successful? Um, I think now he would say something like yes and no. He would say <laughs> Yeah, totally total total Jew response. Yeah. yeah. Yes and no. Yes in the way that I'm growing and learning and I'm being okay being myself and that's success and you know, and also no, I haven't reached where I want to be yet. Something to that effect. Ooh. I like that. I like that a lot. And I think you're you're right, because I would have said that he would say yes and no, same. Yes, I'm successful in that internally I feel successful. I'm growing, we're doing this work. I'm better now than I ever have been. That's awesome. And no, because I haven't achieved enough. I haven't made my money. I haven't like measured hmm. up the way my parents want. But the way you just framed it, Mara, was like, I'm not exactly where I want to be. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Like we ask him. Yeah. We'll find yeah, out. Maybe I will. Maybe you will. Um, and and then on, on top of that, he also, the flip side of that would be internally, yes, growing, feeling good. And also, like he mentioned in this was he's in an amazing spot, but he still feels like shit, right? So it could also be, right. well, yes, I'm growing and learning and great. And also I'm still depressed. Yeah. And that's, that's, he touches a little of that. You'll hear it next week. There's the recognition of that too. And that that's something that you know, sometimes we don't really get away from entirely. And that's maybe success is not the absence of ever feeling depressed. Success is I, I know how to manage it. I know how to recognize it when I do. Right. Yep. hundred percent. On that note. No, that you note, got more. I mean, no, no. always. Um, <laughs> wow. You really have a problem talking. I know. I so do. Um, <laughs> Oh, I did like you said, uh, no, I think he said it's hard to be mad at someone when they don't know what you're mad about or when they don't know that you're mad at them. I was like, I could still be mad at someone when they don't know that I'm mad at them. But the truth is like, yeah, it's they can't. You talked about it would be like you just randomly calling an old client out of the blue to check in. Right. Like right. They can't read your mind. They don't know what's going on. So 
I think it's it's ineffective to be mad at somebody long term if they don't know what you're if they don't know that you're mad at them. Yeah, it's funny. I, I think you're going back to what I was saying because I was calling out parents. Like, how right. are your parents not more involved and on this? And I'm I'm still like I'm talking to him about like, yo, are you seeing a cardiologist yet? You know what's going on, right? And I'm not doing it as an alarmist, but I'm doing it as like, okay, this is potentially the voice of the good parent. Right. And I, I mean, good isn't effective and I'm air yeah. quoting good. It's kind of a, a term that we use like the good mother. Right. Right. And that that's something where I'm giving him, you know, the, the props and respects for, for doing things on his own now and calling out parents a little bit for not being there when he needed them. And he said something was like, yeah, it, it's hard to be mad when they don't know you're mad at them. I don't think I ever told them, Hey, I need you guys to come out here. That's like, what I was going to ask. I was going to ask because from what he said about his parents, they don't sound like total fucking assholes. Like, especially his dad, not that his mom is, but his mom's been a lot more absent and fucked up and like, in her own stuff, but to know that your kid had a heart attack and, and not do anything, essentially, I was wondering, do they really know to the extent, like, did he say I had a heart attack or did he ask them to come up? Like, yeah, I don't know that he downplayed it. He certainly didn't say, Hey, I had a heart attack. There might be an issue with my heart. I'm really scared and I'm worried. Can you guys come down here and help me out? Right. He didn't okay. say anything that directly, which is sort of what he's saying. And that's what I said to him about uh, earlier in the session about balance. And I said it in, the, in reference to him asking questions of the person interviewing him. Right. Right. Yeah. Maybe you're asking questions of them. They're asking questions of you. It's not quite 50-50 right down the middle. Balance isn't that center point. It's more 60-40. You've got a little more room on either side. And this with his parents, it's like, oh, right. He didn't go into full dependent mode where he needs taken care of. He's zero and they're a hundred percent. Right. Right. They have to come out and take care of him. And I think he's swung the pendulum a little far the other way. I think he might've even said like, yeah, I'm still in the the 60%, you know, right now. Right. I, I want more of being independent and taking care of this. So I probably didn't tell them what I was going through or how I was going through it. Like, okay, maybe. I still think that as a parent, if you hear that your kid was in a hospital with a heart issue Anything. and it's yeah. still not resolved. Yes, of course. Yeah, you, you get it taken care of. I agree. Yes, 100%. I just was curious as to, I, I guess yeah. that maybe that's my own internal judgment. And again, like I said, based on what he said about his parents, they don't, they don't seem like monsters. Right. No, 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 not at all. And, and I think you're, you're dead on. And it's, it's a great pickup that, that you noticed that he said that, that, oh, right. Hard to be mad at them when they don't know why you're mad at them. Right. Like, I, I'm not going to be mad at them for not coming out if I didn't ask them to come out. Right. And he probably leaning so far into his own movie, as he said, that, He's like, yeah, and they're in their movie, and that's okay right now. Right. Like, well, all right, that's new. That's new for him. Cool. I know. He's getting out there. Drew, Drew. Yep. Growing up. He's doing it. He's he's growing up. 
He's got a J-O-B, and we will hear more about that next week and, and see what's going on with him and see how he progresses, because that's what we do. That is what we do. Yay. <laughs> Yay. And we will uh, talk to you, I don't know, in a week or two. Yeah, just yeah. about. Okay. Something like that. All right. Bye. Bye.